everyone, and welcome to A Nightmare on Fear Street. A monstrous podcast about all things horror. If you like what you hear today, then you can follow us on all of the usual socials or subscribe to our Patreon for bonus content and merch. You can find all of that by visiting us at allmylinks.com backslash A Nightmare on Fear Street or in our episode descriptions wherever you're listening to this podcast at. All right, everyone. Today we're covering The Closet, which is where I spent almost 15 years. <laughs> different closet, different closet. <laughs> Same horror, different closet. <laughs> and that's going to end our month of New Year, New Me. So appropriate joke, Trent. Well played. I see what you did there. I see what you did. <laughs> yes, we're going back to Korea, y'all. I love it there. I love it. <laughs> Every movie we've covered from there is a bop. Every movie. We have yet to cover trash from Korea on this podcast. That's true. I'm sure they're out there, but we haven't found yes. it yet. Listen, I'm going to keep searching until we do, because I found my new calling. <laughs> I thought that the opening scene with the 90s home video was pretty effective. It was kind of it was creepy, set the mood nicely. It was a nice foreshadowing for things that we get to learn later on in the movie. But yeah, I really enjoyed the opening scene. I I loved it because in America, we don't ever let women do things. And so I love that Korea, this woman was like trying to like rid this house of these spirits and giving us this ritual. And I mean, yeah, it backfired, unfortunately, so we don't get a lot of time with her. But I love that we didn't just forget her because her son plays a part in the rest of the movie. And it's not just like her son moves in and keep it going like we do in America because we're lazy. But it was like, oh, no, her son was like, I saw my mom. Well, I know that my mom died trying to do this thing. So what if I did this thing, but I like elevated it so I can make money and I'm a snazzy dresser now and right. <laughs> help people who He's, are in this house. Like my mom. Right. He's probably my favorite character in this movie. I loved uh, Keon Hoon. Hope I'm pronouncing that right. If I'm not, I'm very sorry. But played by Nam Gil Kim. Listen. Listen, Love listen, him. listen. Love. Him and Sang Wan, if I'm saying that right, were a hot duo. That is the buddy movie I did not know I could have. That's the fan fiction I'm going to read. Listen, <laughs> it has a lot of my demons right now. Like, uh, <laughs> tag team. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and Keon Hoon just brought a whole, he was the most fun exorcist character we've seen. Everyone yes. else is so serious. And he's silly, and I loved it. He, I, I feel like you have to have fun. Like this movie felt like, this movie felt akin to Supernatural in the good years when we were having fun, those episodes that were like side pocket episodes. Because you have this thing that happened, but also you have fun about it and you have jokes as opposed to this more serious stuff and the stuff where they got back in line and they weren't playing with the trickster and whatnot. I also really dug that he came when the movie needed a tunnel shift because it comes on with a hot dad grieving. I mean, his daughter snatched, so he's real fucking sad. And so I was like, this is a downer. And I'm fine with that. I like a downer. But then he's like, hi, let's have fun. Let's find he, some demons. <laughs> he definitely brought a needed energy to this to the film just to, just to round it out. I don't think that if he hadn't been there that it would have been a terrible movie or if his character had been more serious. I don't think it would have been a terrible movie, but it would not have been as good as it was. Yeah. 
I, I definitely think that other countries, especially Korea, understands that you can have tonal shifts that are magnificent and work and it just becomes a part of the world. Because here, this would have stayed very serious and self-righteous. And it would have ended up being a bad time. Whereas right. here, they're like, what if we play? What if we paint with all the colors of the crayon box? Let's get a deluxe crayon box. Let's not just do eight colors. And right. so I'm here for that. I just loved what he, like, he rang the doorbell. And then so he didn't wait for the dad to come. He just kind of walked the phone in his house. Like, hey, I'm here. He had big, you're welcome energy. <laughs> and I respond to that very well, apparently. <laughs> I also just love that he, because he's an exorcist for hire, he gets out of the religion box. Because, like, we always assume that exorcisms are happening to Catholic people because that's what society and movies have told us. But other religions also have demons. Like, <laughs> it is true. Yeah, I watched a movie yesterday for a streaming guy called Possession with Jeffrey Dean Morgan, so I'm living my best supernatural reference life today. But it, it was about a girl who has a box that's a dibbick in it that unleashes all hell on her family. And I was like, oh, we, I've never seen an actual dibbick Possession movie before. There is another one, too, that is The Unborn, I believe. Yeah. Is a it's a fun one, too. And there's like a movie or two called Dybbuk or the Dybbuk or something too, but I've never, right. I've never seen them. They're on my list. But like, it was the first one where I was just like, this is just like a random Netflix find. Kyra-centric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right. It is nice to have a possession exorcism film outside of Christianity and specifically Catholicism. Yeah, no, because again, other religions are also doing things and we should be looking into them. All religions are inherently creepy if you look at them through the right lens. Oh, 100%. 100%. They're almost as creepy as that damn doll that girl found. That doll was creepy as fuck. That doll was not right. That's when I was like, you know your house is haunted. You see this doll. <laughs> and she was like, can I play with it too? I bet no, hell no. Give me that, give me that doll. I'm going to burn it. <laughs> Like, I'd be afraid to burn it, because I'm like, what would it do if it, like, met its fire? Is that what it wants? <laughs> what would it do, like, the bobbed up? Listen. <laughs> Shows up again, fucked up still. He, he was like, it's dirty, and it's someone else's. I'm going to toss it out. He's like, no, it's mine now. And I was like, oh, no. Is it, mm. it going to be the doll or the closet? Or the closet and the doll? What is happening? Are they working together? It was kind of both, actually, you know, because the doll was the main, the, the main demon girl's. This movie was very much yes and. Yes, 100%. 100%. Let's talk about the nanny. Mm. That nanny was a terrible, terrible nanny. <laughs> Number one, she's drinking the people's wine, <laughs> drinking his family's, I'm assuming wine, it could have been another type of alcohol, but drinking it was their wine. alcohol. It was, okay, well, it was wine. I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take your expert advice, right? <laughs> She's drinking their wine on the phone, not even checking on this little girl. And then when the little girl starts screaming and clearly, like, there's things flying around this room, she's like, won't even go in there to make sure she's okay. Terrible nanny. She was definitely questionable because, again, she's babysitting for this dad who is hot. He is hot, hot. And, yeah, he's grieving, but he's also single. So, like, you don't even, like, make eyes. You don't even, like, share a little bit of a something. Well, then she was talking like, about him on the phone. She was like, the wife's not around. So either she left him or blah, blah, blah. They have a lot of money. And so I was like, listen, what you, what's your end game here, lady? If you drop a rich hot man in my lap, 
<laughs> I would have some follow-ups. I would, I would, and she was actually the appropriate amount of attention. <laughs> she was just like, oh yeah, I'm watching this brat drinking the wine. I'm like, fuck his wine. <laughs> I'm trying to find out what he's doing tonight. Like, <laughs> we need to find him a babysitter because I'm off the clock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then when she quit and doesn't even call to tell him, she just like leaves and call, I guess calls the babysitting agency and they call him and he's like, but I know you tell her I paid her for this entire day. Do your <laughs> job, woman. And nope, she didn't do it. But like also if shit pop off and I'm watching somebody's I wouldn't be babysitting. Who am I lying to? If, yeah. I'm watching, <laughs> if I'm watching somebody's pet and shit pops off, I'm not gonna be in that house. But you'll at least take the pet with you when you leave. No, I won't. Oh well. <laughs> no one time I was cat sitting and the cat bit me in the back of the leg. And so I went ahead and packed and left and messaged my friend, I hope your flight's not delayed because your cat's an asshole. <laughs> and left the keys at the front desk. <laughs> so I know if it was demonic shit popping off, I'd be like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> I will send you a good text from two states over. Like <laughs> <laughs> Oh sure. <laughs> but she was no. terrible, Haley. Listen. She wasn't even watching her before the shit started popping off. So like that kid is grown and creepy. I would also not be checking on that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> she was not putting her best foot forward when this Danny showed up. <laughs> her and her creepy doll <laughs> popping out of closets. I just, no. No, 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 no. And the fish in the milk bowl. <laughs> that sounds like a demonic children's tale. <laughs> like, the brother Grimm could never. The brother's Grimm would never. <laughs> Yeah, at that moment I was like, what is that? Is that a goldfish? Yep, oh. that is a goldfish. Some kind of koi goldfish. <laughs> but even before the kid got sucked into the closet, um, <laughs> she was she was dropping truth bombs because her dad was like, I'm going to take this job. How does that make you feel? She's like, awful. And he's like, well, I got to take it. And she, she literally said, if you do what you want anyway, then why ask? Yeah, I was like, and damn, that's true. I was like, oh, the prosecution rests. <laughs> yes, yes. Also, I want to mention, because I watched this on Tubi, and the subtitles were fucking up this little girl's name left and right. They were trying to make it Ina, I-N-A, mm. but instead it's Yee-na, Y-I space N-A, which are very different. I want to be, don't Americanize her name, please. I watched it on Shudder, and Shudder had INA, and the Google sheet has I dash in A. Oh, well, IMDb has Y I N A, and that's how they pronounced it, too, was Yi Na. I heard Ina, but also my sound is always down because I'm reading the subtitles, anyways. <laughs> and I usually have headaches because I am a woman of a certain 25 gotcha. time. Well, um, if we have any Korean listeners, please let us know. Is it Ina or Yina? We actually do. Like, the week we're recording this, I noticed that South Korea popped up in our anchor. Boom. Let us know, yeah. please, because our minds want to know. We can learn, and apparently America's going to give us different ones. So, like, how Because I could totally America? see American subtitles trying to Americanize her name and making it more pal. You know what I mean? I don't know. Because, like, the other names matched up. So I don't know why her name specifically was the one they're like, let's fuck it up. Mm. But she's played by Yul Hio. And she yes. was a cute little baby. 
She was so cute. I don't even like kids, but like the acting is so fucking good. I forgot she was a child. Look. Oh, she yes, the acting from everyone involved. Her, yeah. the dad, the the exorcist band. Tens across um, the board. Yes, everyone. Even even the, the nanny who I didn't like. Her acting was great because I didn't like her. <laughs> even the mom who dies up front. Like, even she was giving us a show. Because it came on and she was doing her ritual. And I was like, I don't know what's going on, but I know it's serious. Well, and but... I love that they used her character to try and warn the parents. Because she yeah. said, her son says that she comes to the parents before the demon takes them to try and warn them. And I love that. I think that's a really cool way to incorporate that character back into the plot. I also like it because it goes back to my thought that like America has this way of making the victims the monsters, which is why our ghosts are always haunting people and like they need to be like banished and like burn them bones. Whereas when we like leave America, like sometimes ghosts have good intentions. Sometimes ghosts are just trying to like help you out. We also acknowledge that the ghosts are usually of people who were the victims in other countries as opposed to America being like, no, Kenny's right. The ghost is coming for Kenny. He's innocent. And meanwhile, the ghost is like, Kenny did all this shit to us. They're like, oh, no, no, no. We can't hear this. We can't hear this. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Because I love that this movie, you get both of that. Because you have the mother character or the ghost character trying to warn the parents. And then you have the little girl who has literally become a demon due to her trauma of her death. Which the end was completely heartbreaking to me i heard her that little girl's performance and she gets barely any time on screen as like herself and not some scary monster person <laughs> was outstanding when she was screaming for her mom and having her best dead girl tantrum i was like damn this bitch won an award and then of course saying juan is like i'm sorry and he hugs her and i was like oh are we doing emotions today this is too early for emotions it's eight in the morning. Like, I was not expecting to cry during this exorcism movie. Right? And that's one of my other notes, is that, like, this is an exorcism movie, and we have an exorcist, but we don't see an actual exorcism of a person so much as, like, a whole house and all these other ghosts <laughs> living in the house. He exercises a lot of people, but not in the traditional way. And so it's it breaks my rule, but it expands on my rule. Right. Well, it, it changes kind of what demon is. Because in this film, the demon isn't necessarily some supernatural thing from hell that's come forward to da 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 da. da. It's a real per it's a ghost, a spirit of a person who, due to their trauma, has not been able to be put to rest. And so the exorcism is a way to put that person to rest, which I really enjoyed. I I really I really dig the idea of opening up the idea of what an exorcism is and is not. I, I hope that I see other movies where it's expanded like this. Because, again, like, when you put yourself into a box, it's not fun. When you get yourself a, the deluxe crayon box, you get to, like, use all the fun colors. Like, Granny Smith Green or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't know. I don't color no more. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm tired of it just being, like, green. And so <laughs> right. I, I love that idea of, of exercising a place and exercising multiple people but for the greater good because mm -hmm. lots of places have energy like we all walk into a place oh, at least once in our lives go oh no this don't feel right mm -hmm. oh a hundred times yes had i listened i wouldn't have finished grad school <laughs> listen to your gut y'all 
Listen. It is usually correct. Place that's a negative energy, it's not going to get better. <laughs> 100%. I want to shout out the makeup. Because the makeup of the kids when they're like the blinded ones or when they're in, we goes like to the other side, the dead people world. The makeup on those kids is incredibly hauntingly beautiful. It honestly kind of reminded me of like a Del Toro look at death and spirits, you know, like a broken China doll, but beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I I was on the page to see who did the makeup. I couldn't find it. So if you know, tell them I'm shouting them out. I'm happy you said that because when I was watching this, I got big the orphanage vibes. Which I think Del Toro just produced, but it was very Del Toro, as we talked about in that episode. So I I was picking up those vibes. And it wasn't just because it was ghost children, because I'm not that obvious. But like (laughs) the way it was being handled (laughs) and like the emotions behind it and like the way people have feelings. Again, that's not something we get in America. So it's, it's never feelings first. Here it's jump scares. Oh, yeah. Make her hot. That's a character trait. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i thought yeah i saw i definitely see some ties to del toro and like the storytelling with the orphanage even though like you said that was just produced by del toro and then but also visually like i said with me and you me and jean the little the little girl spirit girl oh me and jen me young jen me and jen yeah okay her makeup when she is the demon looked very much like devil's backbone little boy with the broken thing and then yeah mm-hmm. it's what it felt like to me so i totally got del toro vibes from this movie but i mean of course different because it's a, a korean taste to it but uh, you know don't say taste <laughs> don't say taste <laughs> me we're done <laughs> i'm gonna delete that korean <laughs> a Cor- del toro through a korean lens how about that Love it. Perfect. Balling it. Keeping that. (laughs) No, but like also this movie came out in 2020, so they could have definitely um, taken notes from that movie. Or maybe they're on the same wavelength, because sometimes you do get some creators who are in the same moment because they're in the same experience miles and miles apart. Like people grieve people every day. And so like, who knows? Yeah, no, I love how because while this movie is very Korean, it's also universal, right? I mean, every country, everywhere you come from, sometimes parents are shitty. And sometimes more parents are more shitty, you know? I feel like I feel like most of the movies we've gotten into from other countries have been universal. Yeah. Like, I've yet to see one that's very specific to where it's from. But again, we don't see a lot of bad international movies on this podcast. We we for us not doing the research before we hit play, we have lucked the fuck out. Our Truly. numbers are real fucking good. Um, right. If I was a betting man, <laughs> listen. If I was a betting girl, la da da. Um, but like I, our numbers have been really fucking good. But like all of the ones that have like been the cream of the crop, which we've seen, has been very universal. And I think that. I think that we're getting away from movies being insular, at least outside of America. America's still very insular. We're very mean girls. And again, that's just the mark of a good story. Because a good story, people can relate to it no matter what. Like, right. it's nobody sitting down and watching a show. I, I am driving place on shows. No one's sitting down and watching a movie or a show and being like, this is this one person's experience because this is one culture. But that's why I hate, I hate racial trauma-based things. Because you're making it specific to Black people by being like, police brutality, 
racism as opposed to let them be people. We are people 24 seven. It's not always racist. Sometimes when I don't go outside, I don't go on the internet. I can go days without a racial interaction. What? <laughs> Sometimes when I just sit in my room and look in the mirror. <laughs> listen, listen. Um, and so we need more stories that do that. Because yeah, I would have never said this was very Korean. I, it happens in Korea and it's better than American movies. <laughs> so that's another tip off. <laughs> like, if I understood the language, I wouldn't have been like, oh no, this is, yeah. Right. Like aesthetically, it's very Korean because of course it's set in Korea. Duh. But like the messages and themes and characters are very universal. Even even Keon Hoon's, like some of his jokes about movies are very like, he jokes about a lot of contemporary uh, films. And I love some of his like, you mean you haven't watched that? Oh, I thought you were educated. <laughs> <laughs> He's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, it, it was very much a movie of 2020 as opposed to a movie of a specific anything else. Even the house, because I would live in that fucking house. I felt like it felt like a house I would expect to see in a San Francisco horror movie, because that's how I've been conditioned. <laughs> that's where the big houses are, which is weird because that's where the earthquakes are. And so I'm like, why go to big house in the earthquake land? <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh, and I was real worried at the very beginning when he's parked and gotten out to look at the dead deer, and the little girl just pops up out the car and runs in the woods. I was like, "Don't tell me it's gonna be another one of those like kids that I just want to punch in the face the whole time." And they're like, "I'm doing my own thing." But no, it wasn't like that. <laughs> I, I, I really, really love that. Like this movie, it eased us into who they were, but also started immediately. Because you have like that moment where the woman is doing the botched um, exorcism of the house or ritual. I don't know what it's called, actually. And then you meet these people who are grieving and you see how the grief is tearing them apart. Because maybe he was a good dad before the grief. Or maybe he wasn't. We don't really know. But we know that he's like, my wife is dead and I can't. I'm going to turn myself into my work, but I got a kid. And the kid is like, if you don't want me, then don't fucking have me. (laughs) And I love that for her. Um, And and you do know, too, with him that he's still mentally handling the accident that killed his wife because he's having panic attacks. He's, you know, having flashbacks and all this stuff. So he's still mentally affected by that while grieving, while doing all this other stuff, while trying to continue to support his child. So financially, financially, yes. That's another reason why every character has somewhat, somewhat of a relatability aspect to where, you know, I could totally see a point where you just get so caught up in, I've got to support her financially. I'm the only person now. What am I going to do? Like, if I lose my career, how am I going to, you know, give her what she wants? But that isn't ultimately what she wants. That was not him. He was starting to stuff into his work so he didn't have to deal with his real life. I know that because I see that in myself and I see it in him. I'm going to call it out. Um, <laughs> I have definitely worked myself nearly to death because I'm like, I don't want to deal with my own shit. And so he was trying to forget about he had a kid and focus on the work because the work makes sense. And that's like a nine to five and he can like make it last longer. And so he's hiding and his daughter knows it because the daughter can't hide. She's at home all day by herself with nannies who don't give a shit. And so he's just like, here's another doll. He was all like, I'll support you financially, but I can't with you right now because I'm in my own world. I love the character arcs because because they make sense and we don't usually get that. There was no rush to just put a button on this movie. It was like no. you need to actually do these things. These people need to actually like forgive each other and do this and that and that and the other thing. And I appreciate that because I'm tired of seeing people be like, "We did this movie and we have five minutes left, so everybody's happy now." 
And I also love that the characters that truly did unthinkable things did not get forgiven. Like the dad who killed the girl in the closet who became the demon. Like he never got a, a forgiveness scene that was about her and the mother, which yeah. I thought was really smart. Now they fucked him up, rightfully so. <laughs> Again, all the character arcs make sense. <laughs> Everybody gets a happy ending. But like I'm happy the ghost girl and her mom got an ending that makes sense for them because she's been like collecting kids forever because of the thing her fucked up dad said. I'm happy that our lead and his daughter get together. I'm happy the exorcist gets an arc because he's like finally like taking care of the house and taking care of his mother. And so like it it all makes sense and it all intertwined for reasons as opposed to we want a fun character in here now. Yeah. And I also love that at the end, the dad and the exorcist were still friends. Like again, the community that they created. Again, that's a good character arc because this man who we meet up top is so broken that he's not even taking care of his daughter emotionally or any other way aside from money. Right. <laughs> but he's not letting people in. Like, he's laughing again. He he can joke again. He's not this broken man who's popping his pills and having anxiety attacks at his computer. He's found out that there are worse things in life <laughs> than dealing with grief and processing. Well, and both him and Kian Hoon have lost something, you know, like he Kian Hoon has lost his mom. He doesn't seem to have really any connections of other people. And so it makes kinda of, it kind of makes sense that they would create their own little like community of support. I don't know if he doesn't have connections or we just didn't spend time on that because it wasn't necessary. Because that's another thing Korea does well is focus a story. They're like, here's what we need to know about these people, let's go. And so it would have felt weird to like go to his home life for whomst. And so like maybe he does have friends and shit outside of this, but also he he is good at his job. And this was a very specific case because this one was a case that was personal because his mom is involved. And so I can see them having that trauma bond because of that. But I wouldn't say that this is his only friend. However, the dad might not have any friends anymore because he definitely was not talking to people and not fucking with people. Well, and some of his friends, I like the guy that was on the work site with him, who then turned on him to the to the to a news work news channel. I would that's not your friend, because like he was he was the one that was like, you know, if you don't come to work, they're going to give it to this other dude. You're not going to have any work anymore. You're not going to do this if you don't come to work. You better come to work. Aren't you at work? And then the minute that the little girl was missing, he's on the news with his little blurry face that you can still tell it was him. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, was he was just. All about his work and didn't really care about his kids. And I was like, Yeah, you're rude. Get the fuck out of here. Like, one, that was a good message for him because he was throwing himself into his work and not about his daughter. And so that was a good reminder of you should take care of your fucking kid if you get her back. <laughs> not your fucking job. Your job is bullshit. But if, also, you're, if, you're, if he's your friend, he calls you on the phone and says that he doesn't go on yeah. national news. <laughs> No, they were like colleagues at best. But also, I love that that came up in the news from his friend because that happens to women all the time. Because women mm. can't work and raise a kid. So I love I loved seeing that happen to a guy for once. Because it's just like, oh, you should be at work. Why aren't you at work? Fuck your kid. You need to be here. Oh, the kid's missing. Well, he was not a good parent. He could have been better. Here's what yeah. I would have done if I were a father. Because again, like women just can't fucking win. We cannot win. <laughs> for, no matter what we do, it's wrong. I really liked it. And it it's another reminder that I fucks with the Korean horror films. They're my new favorite thing. Because before we started this podcast, I'd be like, oh yeah, I've seen a couple and they're cool. 
I think that this is my kind of favorite subgenre over here, though. And now that I'm like, is my favorite, are my favorite films coming out of Korea? Should I be unpacking that? I feel like I learned in 2021 that like I really fuss with Korean horror films and horror comedies that are smart and modern and contemporary, not the ones before. Right. <laughs> I think that's why I thought I hated horror comedies because of the ones that came before that were always like white men laughing at everybody else and thinking they're great. So for me, I was really creeped out in the scene where they realized that they were trying to, so they, they're trying to set a trap for the demon girl. But they realize that she set a trap for them. And he's in that room with all those kids that can't see if he doesn't open his eyes. That was terrifying. I loved that moment because that's when shit got off the rails. You guys like weird little ghost children wandering around trying to feel him. And you have our exorcist trying to guide him from the computer camera. And then the computer goes out. He's like, I'm going to come get you. And the little ghost child was kicking his ass. And I was like, this is how you do it. This is how you do the tension. <laughs> yes. That's when he realizes who the main child is. Yeah. Yeah, because he was not ready. He was like, oh, no, not this bitch. No, she, she, <laughs> she impaled him. <laughs> His ass had to go to the hospital. She had to break him. He was not ready. Again, I love that he he sells himself as an exorcist, but we don't get him like a traditional exorcism in this movie right. because nobody's strapped to a bed. We're not saying this girl's possessed because she's speaking her mind, which is a lot of exorcism movies. That's how I will. So I love hate exorcism movies because usually it is. She started dressing inappropriately because we didn't want to see her cleavage and she started mouthing off. There must be a demon in her. And that's a thing I noticed even before my asshole brother had to have exorcism on me because uh, I called him an asshole, which is the truth, not a, a demonic entity. Um, <laughs> it's a fact. Those be the facts. Um, and so I I love that we didn't do that, and I did not feel cheated. Again, I did not feel cheated that we didn't have the exorcism that I said we need as my hard, fast rule, because he exercised a lot of other kinds of demons, like emotional demons and ghost children. It was, Korea does the things right. I don't know why we, I don't know why we ever leave Korea. Let's just, Korean horror films on Fear Street. Done. <laughs> yeah, I I enjoyed that too. It almost felt like I don't. It almost felt like he had supernatural powers as well, which I know he doesn't. But like at the end, when the door when the doors tried to open, and he like does that weird hand thing and like tries to keep it shut. I was like, that's interesting. When he pops his beast, that's happened from being um. Oh my God! Stops him from being possessed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because his bracelet was to keep the demons out of him, and he had to like pop it off because like they were trying to take him because of it or some shit. I don't. I have to rewatch it to see because that things were happening quickly at that point, <laughs> and so that's where some of the things got lost on me. And I'm gonna go back and so I can make sure it's clear. I recommend it to people. But when he popped the bracelet, I was like, oh, we about to get into this shit. <laughs> I was like, is he gonna get possessed? Is he gonna take somebody with them? Oh my God, what's happening? Yeah. And then the little girl was screaming for her mom, and I was like, oh, this is too much. I'm stressed. I'm stressed. <laughs> I'm scared and crying and have feelings that I don't know what to do with them. <laughs> oh, another thing I want to talk about real quick is that his mom, who I believe was my young Jin... Oh, why don't I have it in my notes? I'm an asshole. Maybe his mom doesn't get a name. Maybe she's uncredited. That's weird. Yeah, anyway, our exorcist mom, 
I would watch her in like a little spinoff. I want to know what her adventures were before this house got the best of her. That'd be cool. I'd be down for that. Yeah, because she she seemed to be like on top of it. And even after death, she's still working. <laughs> and so I feel like she was fierce as fuck. And I just want to know what she was getting into and see those adventures. Like, if there was ever a movie I wanted to have a prequel, it'd be this one so I could see what she was getting into. It'd be interesting. And to see, like, yeah, how she got involved and what, and yeah, that was clearly we know the end of that movie. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on where it stops. Because maybe it stops when she has a kid, or maybe it stops after a different thing. Because I mean, like, and even if she did have a kid, let it go. Because, like, the conjuring didn't stop when they had their kid. No. Yeah, Ed and Lorraine are still out there doing the shits. The demons trying to get the kid. Because they keep bringing shit home. You cannot bring possessed entities into your home and expect nothing to happen. Why? (laughs) But I would watch her spinoff, especially because it'd just be cool to see, like, a woman who, like, exercises houses and like bust ghost children and shit like we don't get enough of that because it's always two brothers two best friends who are dudes denim jackets leather burgers pie and so i would love to see it with a woman helming it and being like no 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 let's clean these bitches out of this house real quick oh (laughs) and give it and she probably gave her son those tools that made him a good and effective exorcist because like i don't know how old he was when she died oh he tells us Mm-hmm. But if she died in 98 and this came out last year, um, that's 22 years. Is that math? Yeah. So, yeah, he's older than 22. Right. So he, he probably seen some shit and he probably knew some things. He might have been holding the camera when she died. So I would I would love to see what she was getting into and what she handed down to him to make him who he is. Because, again, how often is it like the man has to hand it to the woman to make the Ghostbusters the daughters of the original Ghostbusters? Nobody wants that shit. I don't want to see that. Right. <sighs> no, I agree. And at one point she does, right after she's, because that film, sometimes we see more of it, sometimes we see less of it. But, like, at one point we see her turn and say something like, my son, as she's dying and being sucked into the, the closet. So he, I think he's in the room at least. If he's not holding the camera, he's there. He is present and accounted for. I didn't take it that way so much as her thinking about the the person she's leaving behind. Uh, maybe so. Maybe so. Because she's no, which I think if okay words, I think that's a really cool inverse because she is a mother who's dying and leaving her child into the world, and we don't know if his father's in the picture or not. Whereas this woman who left uh, this other family, (laughs) which is why they moved here. So like Ina's mom also left her daughter, but knew the daughter had the father. even told the father to protect her at all costs. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think that that is a very cool parallel that is happening. And I feel like him and Ina are going to have a lot to talk about. (laughs) But also I think I took it as her just sort of being like, oh no, my son. Okay, I see that. Yeah. I don't, I don't get to say the things I need to say and to raise him to be a better man than most men. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe maybe uh, him and Ina will have some group therapy sessions. They got a lot to unpack. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. Listen. Yeah, no. It, it was a good movie. And there's a lot. And I can't wait to go back in. So I'm less taken aback by this new information and more like, how do I find these theories and thoughts and connect these tissues? 
because yeah, it's one I would definitely like to rewatch a couple more times. Yeah, I agree. It was a good time. Well, good time might not be the right word, but it was a. I enjoyed the movie. Yes, <laughs> I'm happy that Shutter buys international films that I would never hear about any other way. And it's like, give it to the people. Give it to the people tonight. Because like, I literally hit play on this on Shutter this morning, and it had all my feels in about an hour and forty. And I was like, oh. Let's get spicy, Sheree. <laughs> spicy, 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 spicy. I felt very hot takeless after watching this because I wasn't mad about anything, and I wasn't like I want to change this thing. Uh, <laughs> so I, my hot take is very lukewarm, and it's I guess I want to see more exorcists exercise people who are alive or like spaces. Because I mean, like again, spaces have energy. We all know this. Some of us won't go in certain houses or certain alleys. And so, like, why not? Why not? Let the exorcist exercise other stuff and see what that feels like. I want to exercise a dog. A possessed oh. dog. <laughs> what is that I like? Cujo. <laughs> All right. My hot take is I like this movie leaves it open-ended because at the end of the movie, you see they go down an alley and then you see this little boy with a clock with, like, two doors in front of him and he turns around and he has those weird eyes. I like that it leaves it open-ended because some parents will always be harmful and abusive. That's so that's I, a story that will never end. That's what I took away is that there's always abusive parents out there. And so like their story is over, but there are so many others. Yes, 100% agree. How many children were haunting his house that he moved into? Because people who moved in <laughs> were trash. At least like 30. Them little bastards. It's like a daycare. <laughs> a dead daycare. <laughs> Just like the orphanage. <laughs> Parallels. Parallels. <laughs> <laughs> that is our thoughts on many things. All the things. All things. The things of things. <laughs> things but of mostly things. the things of the closet. <laughs> it's not a fun place to be, y'all. Come out, come out wherever you are. Uh, <laughs> come back around. Full circle. Full circle. Book it. Uh, <laughs> that also ends our month of, of New Year, New Me, right, Sheree? Right. Which is a good time. <laughs> so that ends our month of New Year, New Me. And we're going to... You want to tell the people what we're going to do next week so I can give them the theme? Yeah. Well, hold on. Do you have a favorite from this month? From our, our New Year, New Me theme? I mean, I really loved everything except for the the exorcism of Emily Rose. Except for that one, I was about everything. See, I love them all. I love every one of them. I don't know. Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite because, like, where I love the storytelling of Emily Rose, I love the ride that was Metamorphosis. Metamorphosis, and then I loved the new. It was a fun take on a different kind of exorcism story with the last exorcism. And then this one was like a whole left field kind of way to look at exorcism. So I thought, I think we had a good plethora of different stories and different ways to tell a story about an exorcism. Like we did, we accidentally did it on accident as usual. <laughs> we don't do these things on purpose. People don't understand. We're like, we got a theme, Google exorcist movies. Boom, 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 boom. Hope they're good. Um, we're never like, is there a common thread? Is there right. a difference that we could talk? We don't ever know until we're here. Um, if I had to rank them, though, I mean, clearly Emily Rose is at the bottom. Um, For you. <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I'm excited to hear other people's rankings because I feel like I'm not alone. Um, <laughs> You're probably not. I really admit that. You like to be a tourist sometimes, and so you just be out here beating the drum to your own drummer in a different drum line. I would say, obviously, Emily Rose is my least favorite. I would say The Last Exorcism is my third place. And I, I'm torn between The Closet and Metamorphosis because, like, I don't know if I want to put The Closet first because it's the newest one and I saw Metamorphosis once before. Mm. Or if I want to, like, try to put that one first because I feel like we're committed because I've seen it before. But one of them are the top, obviously. Maybe it's a tie for number one. Yeah. I mean, again, I love them all. So if I'm, but if I'm going to rank them, so this isn't like if they're at the bottom, it's not me saying I didn't like it. But for me, I, my top is probably Emily Rose. <laughs> and then after that would be the Metamorphosis, uh, Last Exorcism, and then The Closet. But again, I love them all. So they're all top tier of my full list. So. I, I'm not surprised you put Emily at number one, even after everything we've seen this month. I'm not surprised. You're a tourist. I, I love that movie. I really loved it. And I, I understand your complaints. Yeah. I just, I really, I liked it a lot. I, I know you like it, but we've seen some shit this month. And you were like, Emily's still number one. Oh, and it's because you you and Laura Linney and Jennifer Carpenter are going to like run off and hold hands to take a little <laughs> concert. And y'all can't be stopped. I get it. But we've seen some shit. And I just... Like I like, said, I love them all. I love them all. Yeah, that, that is a very you order. <laughs> Either way, I, I did that. It's not me shit, like shading the closet or last exorcism because I love both of them for different reasons. But I just, I think, I don't know. I really enjoyed Emily Rose. Fights on fears. Fights on, fights on fears. Fights on fights on fears, <laughs> fighting on Fear Street. Sing <laughs> to Bob. Sing to Bob. We got a new theme now. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so next week we're going to be covering Twenty Eight Days Later with Sylvester Barzi. Yay! For those of you who remember Angel Barzi from our people under this year's episode, just her hint, husband. Hint, hint, week, week. <laughs> <laughs> right. The last name is familiar for a reason. <laughs> have a podcast which he'll tell you more about if you tune in next week next month we're gonna start this really awesome theme that we put together <clears throat> our theme next month is black people who live <laughs> spoiler alert if there's a movie next month on the main feed a black person lived to the end how about shocking. that shocking what a time <laughs> what a time to be alive <laughs> Imagine that. Listen, it can happen, right? One in every generation (laughs) will rise. (laughs) Yeah, without four movies, right? Now, I I like this one because last year we went with black creators who are not Jordan Peele, and we found out that there are not nearly enough movies readily streamable (laughs) by black people because of all the rants I've had on this podcast before, and will continue to have. So this year we made it easier on ourselves and just went with like four really fun movies that we should talk about where black people lived. Because we like it when black people live. It's a good time. I enjoy it. Those are my favorite movies. <laughs> but yeah, so 28 Days Later, I'm really excited. I have not watched this movie for years, but I remember when I watched it, I loved it. So I'm really excited for it. I put it on as background when I was like um, putting together a streaming guide in November, December. 
but it was too familiar, so I couldn't focus. I started like writing the article and just plugging in what I wanted to plug in. <laughs> and that's my process, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, make sure you join us next week for 28 Days Later with Sylvester Barnsey. And as always, make sure that you stay fierce out there. Mm, bye.